never, ever marks the spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. Most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. I'm Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that is totally out of health potions because, well, we decided to bring Donald and Goofy along. We'll, we'll, <laughs> learn, we'll, we'll learn better next time. Uh, my name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother, Peter. I'm here. Um, I'm a little bit baffled by that opening joke, but uh, definitely <laughs> sounds, <laughs> sounds entertaining. <laughs> um, how have you been, man? Uh, pretty, pretty good. I feel like I've been pretty busy, but, um, been able to watch a couple of cool things. There was, you know, maybe one or two massive movies that dropped this weekend. So that was pretty awesome. But one uh, no, two. otherwise <laughs> one or two, I felt like I went to Gotham city and never came back. Um, yeah, yeah, there really isn't a second one. I was just trying to be vague, but, uh, no, yeah, sure. everything, uh, everything's good on my end. How about you? Nice. Uh, no, about the same. Um, uh, if you guys didn't get it, we're going to be talking about the Batman later in a little bit. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's literally been my entire week. It's been like, watch the Batman and then try not to give too many, like, overhyped reviews because I'm, because I liked it so much, but you'll hear, uh, what I got to say in a moment. Um, we have a ton of news tonight and bizarrely, it's almost all Batman related. So we'll save nice. that to the end of the watching and reading category so we can uh, segue into the news really well. And then, um, uh, we'll go from there. Uh, so let's not waste any more time, man. What are we watching? What are we reading? <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't really on purpose, but I mostly just watched the Batman this week. Um, what really do you mean by I did mostly just <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't really watch anything else. Um, there was oh. one other thing I wanted to talk about super quick, but I knew we were going to go in, in deep on the Batman. So I didn't want to bog down the episode. And like I said, it wasn't really on purpose. It just kind of happened that way that I didn't have much time to watch anything else. But uh, right. I did want to mention just because I've been talking about the series a lot. Um, the, uh, series finale of Pam and Tommy aired, uh, last night actually. Oh, sure. Okay. Um, and I stayed, I stayed up to watch that and, um, I don't want to say too much, but partially just because I've been talking a lot about the show and, and in general, I don't want to give too much away, but the one thing that was awesome is they really left you wanting more at the end of the series. Like it was, it wasn't one of those things where they really spelled out to you how, all the events played out that happened after the show. Like they kind of just gave you enough information. Like you kind of ended up seeing where Pam and Tommy's relationship was headed. You ended up kind of seeing where the, the other characters in the show, like what they, what was going to be going on with them, but it didn't give you too much. Like it really 
left you wanting more. And uh, it was one of those things where I didn't realize it was the last episode. And then the credits start rolling and you get a couple of those sort of uh, text blocks that say, you know, like Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee, blah, blah, blah. And like this character is doing this now and stuff like that. And when those started happening, I was just like, oh, crap, this is the last episode. And I think it was just (laughs) executed. It was executed so well because they they didn't give you too much. Like they really did leave me wanting more. So I just thought that was really a cool way to end the show. But it's a little bit bittersweet because I've said this before. I was completely taken by surprise. I didn't know I was going to love this show so much, but it was just a really well done miniseries. So. I don't know that I have too much else to say about this one, but uh, yeah, definitely check this show out if you uh, want something short but really good to watch, you know? What do you mean by short? How many episodes? Because I haven't started. I want to say there's like eight or something. I didn't really keep track, but it's it's a really short season. Okay. Nice. All right. So And then otherwise for me, it's just the Batman. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Um... Well, you did watch the Obi-Wan trailer that dropped today, right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, we'll definitely. talk about that momentarily because I got one item of – I have three items of watching and reading. One thing, uh, the Obi-Wan trailer and the Batman, so we'll go in that order. Um, so is that it for your list so I can jump in here? or? Yeah, go, go for it. <laughs> okay, so I watched Fast and the Furious 9. Okay. Um, <laughs> and – I feel like you don't sound too excited right now. Honestly, (laughs) there's the argument where they get more fast and more furious, right? Um, Right. But I'm going to tell you, this is a franchise that rakes in ridiculous amounts of money for what it is. And I have a feeling it's a franchise that should, you know, yes, they say the uh, 10 and 11 will be the final ends of it. And then... Um, then they'll be done. But as far as I'm concerned, as long as cars are cool, I feel like they're going to just keep going or finding ways to keep going. Um, And cars are always going to be cool. So there you go. I don't know if I've ever been this mind numbingly bored watching a movie in my entire life. Ooh, Um, Yeah, it was it. Here's the thing. The car stuff is always going to be fun to like watch the chase scenes and stuff. But I was there's so many locations. There's so many characters. There is so many characters that you don't even know who they are. Like there's just like soldiers and like <laughs> random, like, I guess you could call them NPCs that just pop in and out. And you're like, who are these guys now? Where'd this force come nice. from? Are these police? Are they spies? Like what the hell are this? Um, there's so much in my opinion that like just didn't make sense that I just kind of stopped really paying attention. to the movie. <laughs> Um, and then that's they, funny. This is the one where they say they go to outer space. Um, and they do. They put a rocket on a car and attach it to a space shuttle and then they fly it into space and they built the car so it could handle the zero G's and the uh, oxygen and all that stuff. And then you have the um, Ludacris and Tyrese wearing like old scuba suits for space suits. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, like, the one guy's like, oh, crap, I think I got a gap, and he pulls out a roll of duct tape. I'm like, okay, hold on. Like, <laughs> this, That's fine. Like, I'm just like, there's so much to this that I'm just like, I don't know how it got past, like, like, there's a lot of eyeballs that get to see a movie before it's actually released to the public. And I was like, I don't understand. Anyway, 
Um, I don't know if it's just like the fast movies just make so much money that they just have the leeway <laughs> to just go out and do whatever ridiculous crap they can think of, you know? And maybe that's the case. I have no idea. The mm. um, and then and they didn't have the Rock, so they filled the shoes of the Rock with John Cena. Um, and I mean, okay. And you got to see a flashback of uh, young Dom Toretto, which the actor who played young Dom Toretto wasn't horrible, but it was just kind of like, okay, like, I there was no, like, at the, there was a point where there was, like, no emotional connection to the characters at all for me. And I know this is my opinion, but, man, I was just so bored. <laughs> um, man, that's, that's sad to hear. I haven't kept up with this franchise at all, but I always hear great things, especially about the later movies, so that's really... <laughs> Well, seven, Sad to was, hear. seven was awesome. Um, eight was okay. There was some good bits in eight, and then I was just bored. They did have the guys from Tokyo Drift in this, which is weird because all these characters, they just seem like they've, like, they all look anorexic. Everyone except for Vin Diesel looks anorexic in this movie. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but, like, like, when you see the main character from Tokyo Drift, you're like, dude, you used to be bigger. Like, you used to be healthy looking. Like, what is going on here? <laughs> so, Weird. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that, that's really bizarre. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's on HBO Max right now, so check it out, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if, you're interested are, at all, if you're interested at all, check it out. But I don't, I know my review is not gl- a glowing review. <laughs> so. When are we going to get some Fast and the Furious crossover films, like, Fast and the Furious meets the Transformers or something like that. Well, I feel like that's the ultimate crossover film. However, I do feel that the big crossover that we haven't received yet, which I believe we should, is G.I. Joe meets Transformers. Yeah, absolutely. I I really feel that's the that's the linchpin. You know what I mean? Like, that's where (laughs) we should. It's the keystone that's just going to hold our world together. It it is. We get that movie. (laughs) That that movie, GI Joe meets or GI Joe versus Transformers. It is literally waiting to be made. Hasbro, I know you're listening to us because you do every week. But hey, you know, like, <laughs> no, it uh, is it is true. Just why not? And I feel just for the spectacle of it alone, they would make a ton of money at the box office. Yeah, I know. why aren't they giving this to us? Who knows? Yeah, yeah, good point. All right, let's talk about <laughs> good stuff. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer dropped today for the Disney Plus show Obi-Wan. Dude, what did you think? <laughs> I mean, it looks awesome. It kind of, it looks really what I, it looks exactly like what I expected it to be, but in all the right ways, if that makes sense. Like, yes, yes. we kind of knew the synap- synopsis a little bit going into this trailer, but I just feel like it just looks really good. And I think they're really um, showing that, there is a cool story to be told with uh, Obi-Wan, like, um, post-Revenge of the Sith. And I think that's just, it's just going to be a cool gap to fill in. Um, as far as specifics, like, Drew, I feel like you're going to have a ton of uh, more, like, obscure Star Star Wars tidbits to look at this trailer with. But, uh, no, to me, I just think it looks badass. I'm super excited. Um, it's kind of one of those things with how much we've talked about this show on on our podcast i don't necessarily know even what to say even after seeing the trailer um what are your thoughts at this point well all right so yes it looks badass it looks exactly what we were all <laughs> hoping we were going to see so i totally yeah. saw your statements um here's the star wars tidbits that i was really excited to like 
pinpoint. Okay, so first off, let's start with the fact that we got to see Luke Skywalker on Tatooine at his house. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I was like, hey, young Luke, that's awesome. That (laughs) very well may be the only bit of young Luke we get. We don't know. And I would be okay with that, too. Right. I would, too, because we got three. We got because Luke should be in hiding. Okay, so I don't expect us to see a lot of young Luke. All right. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll say that right now. If there's any interaction with them, it's going to be like the briefest interaction possible. And that'll be it. Um, That's my theory. Anyway, Uh, let's talk about the fact that we're getting to see the live action versions of the Inquisitors. This is huge. I was not even thinking about Inquisitors when they started talking about the show because they kept teasing the Darth Vader stuff. And as soon as the Inquisitors made their appearance on the sh- on the screen for the trailer, I was like, oh, my God, I completely forgot about these guys. Um, the Inquisitors uh, first made their appearance in the Rebels cartoon, which would take place probably ten, roughly 10 years, seven years, maybe five mm-hmm. seven years after the events of the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Um but seeing the Grand Inquisitor, God, he looked fantastic with his spinny uh, double-bladed lightsaber. That was just awesome. Um, <laughs> seeing the other Inquisitors, I thought that was cool. Uh, for you Star Wars, for you non-Star Wars people, the Inquisitors are now. If you go back into Clone Wars, the cartoon, there's an episode of uh, the Emperor sending out these agents to steal children. To raise them, force-sensitive children, to raise them in the ways of the Sith, but not make them full Sith. Basically, mm-hmm. teach them force a bit, uh, teach them to use their dar- abilities for the dark side, arm them with lightsabers, and then once the Jedi purges happened, send them out as like agents of Vader to hunt down the Jedi. And if they can't take care of a Jedi, Vader's called in to basically clean up their mess, if you will. So they're kind of like they're kind of like Vader's police force, if you will. Um, But it was really like awesome to see them. It was also nice to see stormtroopers. We've been dealing with the fringes of the galaxy with the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. Now we're back into the heart of it with the Empire and like the real central core worlds and stuff. So it was really kind of nice to get that back to the civilization, I guess, as opposed to just the fringe worlds, even though there's a good chunk of Tatooine in the trailer. Um, and since Obi-Wan is on Tatooine to begin with, um, you know, or at least he should be at the beginning of the show, uh, and should be by the end of the show, um, it was just kind of cool to see that. So, I mean, aside from the visuals and it looking cool and all that stuff, it just looks great, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And this is what I meant where I meant, like, you were going to have a lot more details to, uh, give because, it, I haven't watched Rebels, so I actually didn't know a lot about the Inquisitors. I knew some of those characters looked familiar. Um, and now that you've said that and I've actually I'm kind of looking at pictures of them right now. It's like, yeah, I can see that. And actually, the Inquisitors look really badass. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like like in the Obi-Wan series, like they look badass. And like I remember seeing these characters a lot when Rebels was airing. Um, I'm just personally not super familiar with them, but sure. uh yeah, I mean, otherwise, I agree with everything you say. Like, like I said, I'm really excited about this show. I think my thing was there wasn't a lot that surprised me just because I kind of knew Obi-Wan was going to be kind of this sort of shadow protector of young Luke on uh, Tatooine, or at least in some facet, he's going to be that sort of he's going to play that sort of role. But um, no, the show looks a lot more intense and just a lot 
cooler and stuff than I was expecting. Like, it looks way more epic than maybe sort of like a quiet, um, you know, I didn't know if it was going to be really like this quiet, uh, moody sort of show that just examined like Obi-Wan being a hermit. But no, this show looks like it's going to be action packed and amazing. So I'm all here for that. Yes, and, uh, and yeah, with all that sense. being said, I just need to catch up, catch up on Rebels, I think. <laughs> <laughs> right. It does look like stuff is going down and that's um, just a really cool aspect of it. You know what I mean? It's like that. It's like that thing where you're watching a trailer for a movie that you already knew you wanted to watch. Like, whoa, stuff's happening like way more than I thought it was. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's a cool like it's a cool concept because it's just like it's not that easy, easy to uh, escape the empire. You know, like you're not going to just be able to go into hiding and be safe after all these events we saw play out in the prequels. Like there's going to be people coming after you. And that's like a really fun uh, topic to explore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So we're going to have plenty more of Obi-Wan Kenobi to talk about when that show finally releases Um, in the world of releasing. It is getting real close to Moon Knight coming out. So we're going to have some Moon Knight to be too in our watching and reading category. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I enjoy our, I enjoy when we have a weekly show that we watch together. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, <laughs> right on. <laughs> um, and I feel like it's all Disney Plus related, but hey, they're just pumping out great content. Um, let's talk about the real big story, in my opinion, of the freaking week, because there was like nothing more I wanted to talk about. And it was really rough when I knew I couldn't talk about stuff when people haven't seen things. What did you think about the Batman? It's time to go back. It's time to take a ride to Gotham City and discuss this. So what do you think, man? Here's where... This is like such a crazy movie and topic to explore. And it's one of those things where I don't even know where to begin. Uh, Let me ask you this question. Simple yes and no. And then you can expound. Did you like it? (laughs) (laughs) That's actually what I was. I was about to get that to that next. Um, I absolutely loved this movie. Like it was amazing. It was one of the most engrossing superhero movies I've ever seen. Um, I loved the tone. Um, there's aspects of it that just felt so spot on Batman to me. Um, I do have a couple, I have a couple gripes with the movie, but all in all, it does end up being, um, it really ends up being nitpicky stuff. Like I have some, I do have some complaints, but they end up being like small nitpicks when it goes to the fact that I just really loved this take on Batman. I loved the story they told. I loved the mystery of it all. Like, I think a good Batman story, but not only that, a good Riddler story uh, calls for like a really good in-depth mystery. And I loved that the movie kept you guessing and, uh, didn't reveal all of its plot points and stuff um, until the very end. And I just loved that you were kind of, you were kind of in on the mystery with Batman and uh, commissioner Gordon. Um, There's a moment at the beginning of the film and it's really that first, that first monologue where you're listening to Batman's uh, yeah. Batman just his monologue as he's uh, describing Gotham city and the role he plays in it. I'm oh, going to jump in a little bit. This is the first Batman movie to have the inner monologue. Right, right. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, this is, you read comic books, and you get the inner monologue from characters all the time. And I know they did a little inner monologue stuff on the Spider-Man film, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films. This is the first time they've done it with Batman, and it was awesome. Anyway, <laughs> just saying. No, absolutely. Well, that's what kind of what I was getting at, is when that first monologue happens, and paired with all this dark, gritty imagery of Gotham City, that, and it's crazy to say, and I don't know, I don't know if I'm being hyperbolic, I don't know if this is my shiny new toy, and I, that's why I feel this way, but <laughs> I felt like that monologue felt the closest to reading a Batman comic I'd ever experienced. Like, as soon as that started, I was just like, this feels more like Batman than so much of what I've seen on screen because I've never had that experience of just that gritty Gotham inner imagery um, while, like you said, the inner monologue, like he, reading Batman's thoughts. And it felt so close to what I read in the comics. And I was kind of in awe of that. And it was cool that the monologue did continue throughout the, the uh, movie at different parts. And uh, no, I... Like I said, I don't even know where to begin because this is this. First of all, this is a very long movie. Um, yeah. There's so much. It kind of in a weird way, it was very long, but it went by in a blur because it's kind of a movie that really engrosses you and you feel like you live in it. And it kind of it almost feels like a dream where I know there's parts that I'm forgetting. I know there's. I know there's little tidbits that I didn't notice, but all in all, this was just an amazing it was just a, a really amazing portrayal of this character we all know and love. Um, Drew, what are your thoughts? Because I know you're going to start talking about it, and I'm going to think of more things I want to comment on and stuff. But where are you sitting with this movie? All right. So first off, let me just say as a Batman fan, lifelong Batman fan who's read an uncounted number of Batman comics, I'm incredibly happy with the movie. And this is probably one of the best Batman films there is. Um, Pattinson was wonderful. Zoe Kravitz was wonderful. Colin Farrell was wonderful. John Turturro was wonderful. Paul Dano was amazing. Like you just think about the performances of the characters and stuff. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. You think about the lore and the attention to source material and like all that, just unbelievable. Um, you brought up the city, uh, in Batman's inner monologue. I was talking to someone about this, um, because it's really hard to not come like a Batman movie comes out and you automatically compare it to the Dark Knight. Yes. I feel that the Dark Knight for the longest time has been the bar. This is the perfect superhero movie. This is what you're supposed to aim for. Here you go. Here's the bar. And even though Marvel keeps pumping out these amazing movies and we got all excited for it, and you look at box office dollars, I still feel the Dark Knight is better than almost every single Marvel film. And Marvel never yeah. really they're getting close, but they haven't really met that bar that the Dark Knight set. Yeah. I really don't know how to compare this film to the Dark Knight in terms of that bar. Um, that's why I said this is definitely one of the best films. This may have been one of those things where it might have met the bar and maybe definitely gone over. There's a good chance after repeat viewings, I'm going to say, no, this is the best Batman film. I really don't know yet because I've only seen it the one time. Um. The, yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> you know, that's just a huge question. To, I'll say, like, I do think I think this movie probably met the bar and exceeded the bar that the Dark Knight laid in certain ways. But I do think the Dark Knight is better 
than this movie in ways too, which we can nitpick as we go on. Well, but yeah, that, keep going. that's going to be like a, a nitpicks forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the one of the things that I do compare this to the Dark Knight for very directly is something that the other Batman films did so well that the Dark Knight trilogy, in my opinion, did not. Um, and that is when I watched this movie, Gotham City itself felt like a character. And in yes. the world of Batman, Gotham City needs to feel like a character. If you look at the Burton films, if you look at the Joel Schumacher films, no matter how bad you don't like the Joel Schumacher films, the Gotham City was very unique looking and had a unique character design. Absolutely. Um, Especially in Batman and Robin. Like, Bur- as much as people right. hate that movie, it, the Bur- you can't deny Gotham had a unique character in that film. Right. <laughs> the Burton design, the, the Tim Burton films with the Anton first uh, art design for the city it's a very specific looking city. It basically created the, the look of the city, created the tone um, and it felt foreign. It felt like you were visiting the city that you probably should feel uncomfortable in. Like it created a character for itself. Um, when you look at the Dark Knight trilogy, it's the city is a, just a regular city. I didn't feel yes. like I didn't feel the character was there the same. Now, I do live in the Chicagoland area. And the majority of the Dark Knight films were filmed in Chicago. So because I know some of that territory and I've walked those streets makes me wonder if that's why I didn't have that feel. (laughs) Right. If that that makes sense. However, when you look at the Batman, that city felt like a character. It felt unique. It felt it felt like coming home. Does that make sense? Like, no. Yeah, I would agree. I'll keep going. No, it was just kind of weird to have that feeling. Like, it's like as soon as you saw, like, there was a wide shot. There was, well, there was one of the wide shots of a city street that I was like, oh my God, I'm home. This is Gotham City. You know what I mean? Right. Like, um, so I thought that was amazing. Um, I, uh, before I go any farther, I want you to know that, yes, I do believe this is one of the best Batman films there is. However, as a film student, this movie is a masterclass in how to make a movie. This movie is an absolute masterpiece. And from the opening monologue, Batman's opening, mo- actually from that opening shot of like the fuzzy, like, you know, gun scope that we were looking through to try oh, to figure yeah. out what was going on. I was in film student study mode from beginning to end. And like, I watched every aspect of that movie just, Literally, my brain was like, how'd they do it? How'd they do it? How'd they do it the whole time as, and enjoying the story? It was unbelievable. This movie's a masterpiece. Okay. Now let me go back to my review. Um, the uh, One of the things that blew me away was the audio in this movie. Um, I went and saw this in IMAX. Um, this is not, I did not go see it in 40X. I went and saw it in IMAX. Okay, the nightclub scenes, you could feel it in the chat, in your chest, as if you were really in the nightclub. It was ridiculous. Just the thumping in your <laughs> That's chest. Awesome. Like, I was like, holy cow. And then when you got the Batmobile fired up for the first time, it was so loud that it was vibrating my chair. Mm-hmm. It was nuts. 
the Batmobile was terrifying because of how loud it was in that theater. <laughs> like the audio, dude, if you get a chance to see this movie again, make sure you see it in IMAX. This is where the disappointment in the movie is. I'm going to get to watch it at home in the comfort of my own home one day. And my my sound system is not going to compete and it's going to bother me. <laughs> um, <laughs> like the this the audio was astounding. Um, the sound effects, everything, even the score itself, like the Batman theme. I loved hearing it. Batman was on screen. They had the same few notes and you're just like, yeah, here he comes. It's going to be amazing. Um, yeah. Pattinson was phenomenal. And I've heard some uh, I read some reviews where they complained a little bit about him being like the emo Batman. Let me tell you something. He was driven. He was focused. He was the way Bruce Wayne should have been at that two years into being Batman. Um, and it was so cool to see that. Um, I loved when he took off the helmet or took off the mat. He took off the cowl and you could still see the eye black under his eyes. No Batman movie has ever done that. Um, they always take off the They always take off the cowl. Is that true? Yeah. None of them have ever shown the eye black. Oh, man. Um, you've never they got did it an arrow. So they I'm did surprised it. they hadn't done that in any Batman. Movies. <laughs> yeah, they did it. They did it an arrow, but they've never done it in Batman. They take off the cowl <laughs> and they're, they just look like a normal person, but when Crazy. they have the cowl on, you can see the eye black around their eyes. They've never done it before. And I, it was just awesome. And it had this like sense of realism to it. Um, Batman jumps off a building for the first time and he uses a wingsuit. Dude, of course he uses a wingsuit. When he got to the edge of the building, you could clearly tell that he had never jumped off a building before, but he was prepared for it. Do you know what I mean? It was, right, so, yeah. it was so smart that they did that. I'm like, God, that's brilliant. Um, the uh, Zoe Kravis is probably one of her best performances ever. She was so amazing as Catwoman. It was phenomenal. Um, the Penguin, this blew me away. On a scale I was not prepared for. Um, yeah. The makeup for Colin Farrell was absolutely astounding. So much so that I was really questioning whether that was Colin Farrell. And there is one single line of dialogue where he's walking off screen and yells something back to whoever he was talking to. And you could hear Colin Farrell's actual voice as opposed to the Penguin voice he was doing. <laughs> and I caught it. I caught it. And I was like, ah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And I wasn't trying to nitpick. But Colin Farrell yeah. and has a very distinct, like he's Irish. So he's got an, you know, he's got his Irish accent, which is very thick, but his American voice, I feel like his American voice that he uses for movies is a very distinct American voice. And yeah. I couldn't hear it. Like I literally was like, oh my God, this guy, this is, this is a, like, this is like, Oscar worthy performance, in my opinion, it was crazy. If he doesn't get an Oscar nomination for this movie, the makeup team better because yeah, his makeup holy, was amazing. Holy crap, dude. That was that was incredible just to see. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm like running on like I'm I, I honestly don't know where else to go with it. <laughs> you got to see. And here's a here's a big one. Batman saves people a lot. Yeah, that's a good that's a good catch, to be honest, like that huge. And I mean, Marvel, mm -hmm. yeah, they're saving people on large scales, but they've gotten to a point where they're not saving people anymore. You know what I mean? After all the criticism Man of Steel got Batman saving people, you know, um, and it was awesome. And you're just like, oh, my God, he saved that. And oh, my God, he saved that guy. And he saved the kid and he saved, you know, like just absolutely fantastic. Um, 
I loved Riddler's henchmen. I thought that was badass. Um, all the riddles, all the serial killer stuff, like, was so cool. Um, well, the, yeah. I'll say the Riddler's henchmen was kind of a genius way to... Like, if there was really a supervillain in this day and age, of course they would amass an online following like that. Like, it just made so much sense. And, like, I just thought that was really genius because that's one of the criticisms of superhero things is where do all these henchmen come from? You know, <laughs> like, who are these guys who are just wanting to be henchmen for all these supervillains? And <laughs> the way they made uh, the Riddler make this sort of, like, Riddler militia or however you want to phrase it, it was really genius. Like, it really makes sense how you did that. So that was awesome. Um, you kind of mentioned a ton of things that I kind of do want to, I guess, address really quick. If sure. that's cool, I wrote down a bunch of points. But uh, first of all, I'll say the one piece of the whole movie that I'm kind of on the fence with. Okay. And I'm going to do that because I'm going to get the negative bit out of the way first. Because like I said, I love this movie. And uh I'll have like nothing positive to say after this, but okay. the wing, the wingsuit you were talking about. Yeah. I'm not sure if I liked that part. Okay. Because I think at this point in the movie, Batman is escaping the uh, Gotham police and he's on top of the building and he's ready to jump off the building. And this is the part of the movie where I just wanted, wanted to see him do the classic Batman, like glide down with his cape. And sure. uh, that didn't happen. Like he had an inflatable wingsuit that he used to get down and that's okay. But it took it, it took me out of the movie for a bit because I was like, I get that this is a realistic take on Batman, but that specific part made me go, okay, this is like a uber realistic take. This is like, they're trying to make sure that everything happens in this movie would actually happen in real life. But the problem sure. I had with that is once that happened, I was overanalyzing certain things where there were certain things that happened where I was like, but that's not uber realistic. You know, there's part of me was All like, right. I, I know you. it looks I, I was like, I know it looks right. But would Catwoman have super long nails, you know, or would she keep them short because it's easier to climb with like short fingernails and would, um, you know, during the penguin chase scene like one of the most unlikely things to happen is that uh, the Batmobile would be able to use the uh, rear end of like a semi truck as like a makeshift ramp to jump <laughs> like the well, huge explosion. Was I was like a very specific rear end of a semi truck though. But they, that, that's even, that's even more. My point is right. that is so unlikely to happen that if you're going to try to focus on like such a realistic take, it made me doubt certain things. Um, yeah. And, and so that was my only issue is like, I get that some people probably loved the wingsuit and like was just like, that is so realistic. Of course, he would use that. That's badass. For me, it took me out of the movie a little bit. And like, I'm even at the point where I would have rather seen him use his grappling hook or use like maybe he makes some sort of zip line with his grappling hook or something like I almost like wish he didn't glide at that part. Sure. And yeah. I might be alone. I might be like completely this might be a super unpopular opinion, but that's the one part that I was like on the fence with, if that makes sure. sense. No, it makes sense. I totally um, understand where you're coming from. Um, but I guess to go into more positive life, <laughs> start talking about the other issues you mentioned that I really loved about this movie. Um, let's see where, where can I even go with this? So 
you already talked about the Penguins makeup. Super amazing. The trailers didn't do justice. He looked awesome. Um, I don't think the okay. trailers did this movie justice at all in terms of how good it is. That's yeah. the blew me away like i just got more and more excited as it got closer and closer but the trailer the the advertising for the movie was not i don't think hyped up the movie enough <laughs> to get yeah. people into the seats however why well, I, I however for, to get for, people for, into the seats it is the highest grossing film of the pandemic era uh with a hundred oh, yeah. point <laughs> with 128.5 million at the box office for the opening weekend so yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, I just I guess I was just getting at like the penguin and that trailer. You never got to see his face. Mo- like you didn't get to see the penguin move and you didn't get to see him express emotions in the trailer. And his makeup was just so sophisticated and believable, you know, when you actually saw it in the film. Um, here's here's a big thing, because you mentioned that this is some people are calling him emo Batman, which I didn't get that vibe at all. Um, I never thought that he seemed sad i think he's he kind of seemed very dark and determined and stuff but i didn't think he seemed like an emo whiner (laughs) if you will but uh here's the the thing about this movie and i do think this is an important thing to bring up this is the first batman movie that i've ever seen that i didn't feel like there was a duality between batman and bruce wayne i felt like you were watching the same character throughout the whole thing like even when he's not in in the costume this character more so identifies as Batman than he does Bruce Wayne. And you saw that when he, what was that? Well, I was going to say, and he should identify as Batman more so than in Bruce Wayne. It's the idea that it's the idea that Bruce Wayne died with his parents because that's when the Batman was born. Absolutely. And it, it felt like when he was out of costume, it actually felt uncomfortable. Like this is a character who should be in that costume. And that was just pulled off so well um the other like two issues that i wanted to mention that are more um in the aesthetic realm of things as you were talking about gotham in the city or in this movie having a real character to it and i just wanted to point out like yes like this really felt like gotham and it felt like coming home to gotham but it felt like coming home in a different way than maybe any other batman movie that i've ever seen it felt like this wasn't like the sort of weird, like gothic art art deco style of the Tim Burton movies or the weird, like statuesque goth- Gotham of the Schumacher movies. This was like a dark, gritty, like maybe kind of more realistic Gotham, but it wasn't like necessarily the architecture that made it feel like Gotham. It was like the mood that the city evoked, which I just thought was really profound and really cool. Um, and then lastly, I just wanted to comment you were talking about the sound in this movie and you didn't mention any of the punches at all, <laughs> but that was the most impressive part of, to me was anytime okay. a character got hit, any punch you heard that stuff, that just slapped. Like yeah. it, that sound was amazing. <laughs> like you could feel any hit that any character got. Yeah. And that was just so impressive because I mean, Batman's the world's best detective, but he also likes to just punch people to get answers out of them. And I think think it's great. They really showed that duality really well. Punches Commissioner Gordon and Commissioner Gordon goes, you could have pulled your punch. And he goes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was an amazing moment, to be honest. That's a great line to have in there. Um, Speaking of Gordon, Jeffrey Wright was astounding. And when they casted him, I said they should have thought about doing that years ago. And they should have done that years ago. He was a phenomenal Commissioner Gordon. 
Um, I can't wait to see more of them because you know that this is not the only one of these movies. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, so we'll keep thinking of stuff, but let me plug some of these Batman related stories because uh, we're going to be going, we'll be talking, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this a lot. Not that I want to curb their view, but (laughs) a lot of the, like I said, a lot of the news is related to the Batman. Um, First off, um, apparently somebody let a live bat loose in a theater in Texas. (laughs) That is like... Well, keep going, but... (laughs) No, it's just a real-life bat was released in a movie theater over the weekend during a showing of the Batman. Animal Control was called immediately. Uh, This happened in Austin, Texas. It's just like, okay. (laughs) This is... I mean, it's... I I could be impatient with this, but I kind of feel like this is a classic prank in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, it's annoying and immature, but, like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't want to bring us down like a dark route but i remember when there was like the movie theater shooting when the dark knight came out and yeah, like I know. I know this is like this seems like so innocent compared to like the worst case of scenarios so i kind of hear this and it kind of brings a little bit of a smile to my face although i i get that it's annoying and really immature but i mean at the same time it's like your old school like sort of prank if that makes sense well, remember when we had that Batman TV series spinoff that was supposed to focus on the Gotham City Police Department? Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. So I thought this was kind of a dumb idea because we just had the show Gotham and it was all focused on the <laughs> Gotham City Police Department. Right, right, right. Uh, so the Batman TV spinoff GCPD series will no longer be moving forward on HBO Max. Okay. Um, they're shifting their gears um, Matt Reeves says, hopefully to hope maybe someday revisit the idea, but they're shifting gears and focusing on a Arkham Asylum miniseries, which is supposed to, um, uh, so how about this? Matt Reeves says one of the Batman spinoff series, HBO Max will focus on Arkham Asylum. Uh, he said that the spinoff series focuses on the Gotham police department has evolved into a series focused on Arkham Asylum and will com- compared to a horror movie or a haunted house story. Um, so that sounds sweet. Awesome. I mean, I think it's it seems like it's a evolution of like this project where it's like we're going to focus on Gotham City PD. And then they realized, like, no, we need to focus on the villains because that's a lot more intense and more interesting. So it sounds like a natural evolution, but also sounds pretty badass. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, again, we had Gotham, which was also kind of a penguin series, too. But right. A Penguin series starring Colin Farrell as the Penguin because, oh, my God, do I want more of this? And this is not it's not a sarcastic statement. I really do want more of this. The Penguin was probably one of the coolest parts of the movie for me. Um, Mm -hmm. They've uh, uh, HBO Max has committed to a straight to series order for the Penguin with Colin Farrell reprising his role as the underworld kingpin. Um, The world of Matt Reeves has created the Batman as one that warrants a deeper gaze through the eyes of Oswald Cobblepot. Uh, Colin Farrell said in a statement, uh, we'll be good to get back. We'll be good to get him back onto the streets of Gotham for a little madness and a little mayhem. And I'm just really like excited that that's going straight to series. Um, Absolutely. Now, apparently uh, they're also um, have a Catwoman series in development for HBO Max um, with Zoe Kravitz. Oh, sweet. <laughs> awesome, because this is, in my yeah. opinion, one of the best versions of Catwoman we've ever gotten. Uh, Zoe Kravitz was astounding, and I'm so, and I want to see more of this, too. Um, here's my problem. 
I don't, I'm down for all of this, but why is everyone terrified to do a Batman show? <laughs> you, right, right. You do Gotham. We're going to do Gotham Knights on the CW. The CW for the, was going to do Batwoman. We're getting a Penguin show. We got a Catwoman show coming. We got an Arkham Asylum show coming. The last time we had a live-action Batman show was 1966. Why can't we just have a live-action Batman show? You know, just I saying. Kind of felt this. <laughs> and I and I don't want to like say I don't want someone to go. Well, when are we gonna have a Superman show? Lois and Clark. We do. Uh, Superman and Lois. <laughs> Smallville. Like. <laughs> you know well, the I mean? thing is, so so I remember uh, Smallville happening, and there was always that little bit of like, yeah, it's a Superman show, but we're not seeing him in the suit in the suit in Metropolis and right. stuff like that. And I feel like. But now we got that. You know, exactly. Like we do have a Superman show, Superman and Lois, which I need to catch up on. But it is a really good show. Um, And I feel like, no, I can't even say that about Superman anymore. Like, why? Why can't we have a Batman show? And this is (laughs) when you think about it, this is like an issue that's gone back to like when the Birds of Prey series first came out in like 2002 or 2003, whenever it was like it was a cool show for the time, but we really just wanted to have a proper Batman show. You know what I mean? Why are we Why are we afraid to put Batman on the screen? Like I don't. I no one. I don't know if anyone can actually answer that question. <laughs> but hey, that's fine. Um. So yeah, I don't know the movies, dude. We're gonna be talking about this movie a ton. Um, Absolutely. It's gonna come up here and there, but look, overall, this movie, in my opinion, is an absolute masterpiece. Um. And that's coming from a film student who's just excited about movies. If I take the Batman equation out of it, it's a masterpiece. When I put the Batman equation into it, I'm an incredibly huge fan of this. Um, They did such an amazing job. Matt Reeves is a wonderful director, and I can't wait to see where he takes this series as he goes. Um, Absolutely. That's basically my final thoughts on the movie. I don't know if you want to add to that at all. No, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I know, like like I said, I have my nitpicks that I kind of went off on, but like I said, those are nitpicks. Like, overall, I really did think this is this was an amazing movie. You know, it's really, like, the nitpicks that take my rating of the movie down to, like, a 9.9 out of 10 as opposed to a 10 <laughs> out of 10. So it's not sure. – I don't want to make it seem like I'm really dragging the movie too much. Like, I loved this film. It's just, like, I uh, – like you said, like kind of relating this to the film student aspect, like I feel like as a creative person, I always have my critiques of like everything I see, which is kind of why we do this show here, you know? <laughs> so, right. Right. so that's, uh, yeah, that's kind of just the way things go, but I absolutely agree with, uh, what you just said. So, yeah, well, let's finish the news, shall we? Um, and because we're talking about DC, like I said, the rest of these are a lot of quick hit stuff. So let's just, jump. okay, cool. So, um, in the world of DC, Shazam! Fury of the Gods is being pushed forward a few months, um, which oh, is awesome. So cool. we'll be seeing that sooner than we thought. However, Black Adam is being pushed back three months. Um, I mean, crazy. It's just, I don't know, Black Adam, I feel like we've been waiting so long for. And yeah. it's been kind of f- hard to follow the schedule of it because I feel like <laughs> there's a story about it. It's either moving up a few months or moving back. So I don't know. I'm just excited to see more Shazam and more Shazam related stuff, including Black Adam. But 
Yeah, I don't know. Well, <laughs> the bummer news is that uh, Aquaman 2 and The Flash have both been pushed back to 2023. Okay. So I'm kind of like, uh, bummer, but that's okay. That's, I mean, that's okay. did you get the did you get the 2022 trailer before Batman? I did. Yeah, and that's kind of funny that these stories are coming out right after oh. there's a big DC trailer. In 2022, we're getting all these movies. You know what I mean? Well, the 20 that that 2022 DC trailer is actually aired in front of the Super Bowl. Oh, so, okay, uh, fair enough. It it did air during the Super Bowl, so I'd understand why they put it there. But at the same time, you know. Um, I mean, I just I just tuned in for the halftime show this year and turned the Super Bowl off. So yeah, I yeah, that's what everybody did, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a pretty sweet halftime show. So I, I mean, that's why there, I tuned, but... that's why I tuned in was for the halftime show. Um, right on. Okay, in other news, not Batman related, um, we have a uh, Amazon is going to be taking the video game series God of War and adapting it to a live action series. Dude, this is really awesome, and this is really um, taking to heart how I'm going to view the next Batman projects that come out. <laughs> um, I really don't know how to make that comment. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, because I felt like you're trying to move away from Batman, so I was just no, like, I let's just rub it in. No, I the next news stories. I was just um, jumping the next news. So yeah, uh, God of War TV series and uh, adaptation and talks at Amazon. Um, it comes from the Expanse creators. Um, I don't know if you ever watched the Expanse, but they're the guys who are behind that and the guys who are behind Wheel of Time. Um, okay. So, I mean, this could be cool. God of War being focused on all the mythology and stuff. It could be pretty sweet. And if handled properly, it should be way better than the remakes of Clash of the Titans and, um, the other one that I'm drawing a blank on right now that they did that were really bad. Um, like, right. Well, Go ahead. Yeah, I, no, I I just completely agree with everything you said. The only thing I'll say is, like, please make this God of War series uh, rated mature or rated R or whatever, because those games are so well known for their really cool, creative uh, kills and violence. <laughs> and, sure. like, I feel like if you're doing a series, like, you really have to keep that in mind. But God of War, I mean, as a tv series that just sounds badass i'm all in like that's really cool yeah yeah um all right florence Pugh, who uh plays yolena in the black widow films our newest uh member to the marvel mcu in my opinion one of my favorite new med additions to the marvel mcu um has joined the cast of dune part two uh she'll be playing oh, nice cerulean um if i pronounce that name correctly um so that's cool yeah right on We'll be seeing her in the new Dune movie. Um, here's one that I got really excited about. Um, Hollywood Reporter has reported Friday that Freddie Alvarez, the director behind Don't Breathe and 2013's Evil Dead, is going to be writing and directing an original standalone movie set in the Alien universe. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, so uh, we got a really good horror director doing a new Alien film. Um, I just thought that sounded really great um, because I'm a huge Alien fan. So let's see where this goes. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes me wonder if this new Alien movie that he's doing, is this going to be scary? Because, like, I really enjoyed Prometheus and Alien Covenant and stuff, but I don't know if 
I really felt scared at any points in those movies um, besides just like really enjoying the story. And that's kind of makes me like excited. Like maybe this will be an alien movie that's going to freak me out, you know, again. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk some Star Wars news. Yes, we got Kenobi coming. Sounds awesome. There is a big, big thing. This comes from giantfreakingrobot.com. Uh, um, they are talking about a classic Star Wars novel being adapted into a Disney Plus movie. Okay. All right, then. Uh, rumors are swirling that Disney Plus is planning their first full-length feature film for the Disney Plus Sorry, Disney is planning their first full-length feature film for Disney Plus streaming platform, and it's going to be based on some major source material, Heir to the Empire. Um, These sources indicate that the various Star Wars series on Disney Plus are leading up to a grand finale, meaning The Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, and so on, uh, are leading up to a grand finale, which will be Timothy Zahn's classic novel, Heir to the Empire. Uh, Since The Mandalorian became a huge hit, blah, 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 um, this is awesome if this is what they're doing, um, because Heir to the Empire, Star Wars stopped produce, making movies in 1983 with Return of the Jedi, saying that that was the end of Star Wars and we were getting no more, and then started what we are referred to as the Dark Times, and that it was basically no <laughs> Star Wars when everybody wanted Star Wars, and it was 1992, 93. Uh, 91. Uh, Heir to the Empire was first published in 91, and it was the uh, in the desolate period between the resolution of the original trilogy and before the continuing mixed feelings of the prequels. Um, right. Heir to the Empire um, is basically a. It was whatever the real time was from the movie to when the book released. Where have our friends been? What's going on in the world of Star Wars? It was basically new star wars it was the first new star wars anything since return of the jedi and for the longest time that heir to the empire and the two books that followed the dark force rising and the last command were all treated as what the actual sequel trilogy is um yeah and rumor has it and what they're doing is they're basically saying that all these shows and everything they're doing is building up to heir to the empire being a straight to disney plus standalone movie um and if they're right, I can't be more excited about this. Um, but let's see where it goes. I'm just excited for the possibility of that to be a thing. So, right on. Um, well, I knew you were going to have a lot more to say about this than me because you're just way more familiar with the source material. But I personally kind of think it's funny that Disney <laughs> essentially like nuked the expanded universe of star wars when they first took over the property and now they're kind of going back to the expanded universe where they're doing things like this like going back to the old book source material after saying like none of that was canon in retrospect it is pretty funny um did you say this was going to be a TV show or is this going to be a movie series or how? Oh, it will be a movie. So what they'll do is the show, okay. is, the, the rumor is, is that the Mandalorian show, the Book of Boba Fett show, the Ahsoka show, this Rangers, the New Republic, if that's what's actually going to happen. These shows that take place in that time space are leading up to Heir to the Empire being the big grand finale. And it's going to be a movie that will be released on Disney Plus. Right. And that's. Well, what what I was going to say is um, I've always heard people say that the heir to the Empire story was too big to do as a movie. And that's why I asked, like, I've always heard people say, like, 
they should do a live action version of this, but it should be like a show because it's just such a big story. It would be hard to do yeah. justice in a movie. So and maybe I'm kind of curious. Why, and maybe that's why they're doing all these shows separately leading to lead into it. Yeah. But if, if nothing else, like I'm thinking about this and like, oh, you know, maybe this is like my chance to go back and read those books since, you know, this is all leading to a movie version of this. And well, I feel like it's kind of funny, like it, I think it incentivizes fans to go back and read the books. Um, you know, I don't well, know what we're going to say. Well, this is where I, I remember the book fondly enough to know that if these shows are leading up to Heir to the Empire being released as a Disney Plus movie, you got to remember you have some very, very smart people like Dave Filoni and John Favreau with George Lucas in their back pocket helping them. OK, yeah, Dave knows the Star Wars universe and he knows how to tell storytelling. However, Ahsoka was not in Heir to the Empire. The Mandalorian yeah. was not a part of Heir to the Empire. Boba Fett was not a part of Heir to the Empire. The reason I say this is because they've made so, like, where things are, if that book is going to be adapted, it's going to be very different than what fans remember. And I can see it angering those Star Wars fans that are still bitter since Jar Jar Binks. So <laughs> I really, I really don't know how to gauge this. I just know that everything Disney is doing right now with the with Dave Fil with everything Dave Filoni and John Favreau are doing over there at Lucasfilm, they're pumping out gold and just keep doing it. Just keep making those smart decisions, even if you have to alter a book a little bit. I don't mind just pump it out, but I'd rather not know where the source material is coming from either. Like I don't want them to do Air of the Empire directly. I want I want the on screen stuff to be its canon. Like that's the canon. You know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. I guess I was just thinking like, because I'm feeling like a little bit incentivized to go back and read those books. And I feel like it's only smart for Disney to make money off of these books that they already have, you know, like sure. get some people to read the old source material. Why not? But I mean, I knew, especially after the sequel trilogy and, um, everything that's going on in the show is like, like, like I said, I'm not, I haven't read th this book, so I'm not super familiar with it, but I, um, I knew it was going to be different. Like it, it has to be, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, anyway, it'll be exciting to see where it goes. If they really are building up to a movie, that's awesome. Even if it's not heir to the empire and they're leading, leading up to a movie to be the big finale for that grouping of shows. That's awesome. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Um, I got one more piece of star Wars news. This is a little bit of a sad one, but this is one of those, this is a piece that, we wouldn't get Star Wars if this didn't happen. Um, but producer Alan Ladd Jr. has passed away. Now, if you are a Star Wars, if you dive deep into the Star Wars nerd lore like I do, uh, Alan Ladd Jr. is a really big name. If you are not steeped into it on the level that I am, let me explain who Alan Ladd Jr. is. When George Lucas wrote Star Wars and started pitching the studios, every single person turned him away. Alan mm -hmm. Land Jr. was the one guy that say, I'm interested. Tell me more. And he's the reason Star Wars got put on the big screen, because he saw that there was a there was a storytelling George was trying to do. He believed in the project that George was trying to do. And even after George was asking for more money and falling behind on deadlines and all that stuff, Alan Land Jr. fought for the project because he believed in it. 
And we wouldn't have Star Wars if it wasn't for him. Um, hmm. So this is a huge, huge piece. He was 84, um, passed away from, it looks like just, you know, old age, you know, complications, which is great. So good. Like, that's totally fine. I'd rather have that than hearing he died from COVID. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, huge, huge piece of Star Wars lore and history. And we wouldn't get, we wouldn't have Star Wars if it wasn't for Alan Jr. Because he, he, yes, we wouldn't have it if it wasn't for George. But if Al Led, Alan Led Jr. didn't say, tell me more, it, we definitely wouldn't have had it. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because he passed away. I was like, oh, wow, that's a huge blow to the industry and where we are today kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, um, I wasn't super familiar with him, but, um, so I don't know if I could say anything better than what you just said, but it's kind of, um, I mean, every Star Wars fan, it sounds like really needs to be grateful for him for, um, right. you know, allowing this to happen, you know? And, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what, what else to say, but well, hey, I, I think you said it best. <laughs> uh, Alan Ladd Jr. Thank you for everything you did to help us get to where we are. Um, Rest in peace and may the force be with you. Um, Absolutely. All right, Peter, you ready to talk about tonight's list? Yeah, let's go for it. Sweet. All right, let's uh, roll the thing. Um. And now for the top five. All right, Peter, um, this week, it was my week to pick. So um, I because of the uh, bullet train um, trailer with Brad Pitt, it really made me think of like assassins and assassin movies and stuff. (laughs) Oh, that's where this came from. (laughs) Literally, that's where that came from. I was just like, oh, hey, we haven't done this. And I literally was watching it going, I really like movies with assassins. And I started looking. I was like, oh, we've never done one of those lists. So right on. Um, we've never talked about like movies with assassins or that kind of or movies about assassins. I was like, let's take a look at those lists. And that was honestly when I started, it was a really hard list to put together. And then I did some more Googling and I was like, whoa, you know what I mean? And it just kind of like opened mm-hmm. up, you know. So um, I didn't I, I eventually had a really easy time putting it together. Um, I do have two honorable mentions. I don't know where you're at, but um, um, I only. I only have one honorable mention this week, and that's just because I actually had a kind of a hard time with this list. I um, like I, I like assassins and I like movies about assassins, but I don't know that I'm super well steeped in the assassin movie subgenre, if you will. So I actually had a little bit harder of a time putting my list together, but uh, I did come up with a list of movies that I love. And I'm sure that you're going to mention some that uh, I haven't seen, but you also might mention some that I just go, I didn't even think of that one, but I love that movie sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, oh, sure. <laughs> Sure. Um, well, I guess I got to start then because I got two honorable mentions. Yeah. Um, so my first honorable mention is a movie called Vantage Point. Have you ever seen this? Uh, no, I think I'm familiar with it, but go on. <laughs> um, so this is a movie where um, the it's basically a president is giving a speech at this. Uh, he's out of country and he's giving a speech about peace talks, whatever. I What he's there talking about is kind of irrelevant. Um, <laughs> right. 
basically what happens is it starts with the guy, what like the crowds walking in to watch the speech. You have press reporters, you have like all that stuff. You're getting to see the behind the scenes stuff. Okay, bring the camera down here, get this senator walking in, doing that kind of stuff. And as the speech commences, um, the president is shot at. And mm. the shots fired and everyone freaks out. The Secret Service goes into Secret Service mode and they're getting the president out, move the thing, do this. And it's just pure panic trying to secure the scene. And you watch the whole thing unfold. And then the movie rewinds back to the beginning and you see it from another person's perspective. And then you get to see the movie from another person's perspective and another person's perspective. And you watch, I think, like four different versions of the same story. Um, as you, and each piece gives you a little bit more details until all the pieces kind of come to one point and then the movie continues on and you find out what was really going on, who was the assassin, like so on and so on. It was kind of a really clever idea to put the movie together. Um, it's got a pretty decent cast like um, Dennis Quaid and uh, Matthew Fox and uh, Sigourney Weaver's in it. Um, I, I want to say Julia Stiles, but I'm not 100 percent correct. Um is but it, it was kind of a fun fun movie it came out um i want to early 2000s like i want to say right. around like 2008 2009 ish um I, I thought it was a fun movie i thought it was worth bringing up as an honorable mention so yeah right so i i haven't seen this um i did look it up while you're talking and i actually was pretty impressed it does look like there's a insane cast on this movie <laughs> um and it sounds really interesting i think um this is kind of reminds me of one of the reasons I had trouble with my list, too, is because I really held myself to this weird arbitrary rule of like, like, I feel like if I saw this movie, I feel like I wouldn't think it was. Felt enough assassin e <laughs> to make my oh. list. <laughs> well, you know, because well, I, I got the movies about an assassin and I, I haven't seen it, so I can't say, but I feel like this movie is about an assassination, but I was really trying to f- pick movies that really focused on like assassins as the main characters and stuff and maybe i gave myself too hard of a task well the rest of <laughs> in my that list, case but i'm kind of laughing of my myself because of it more, the rest of my list is a little bit more to your point but right right the uh the cool thing about um the list when i was googling terminator is listed as an, an assassination movie yeah and when i saw that on the list i was like what and then i'm like nope it's an assassination movie <laughs> right on. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's, what's funny about this topic is there's tons of just movies that come up that you're just like, wait, is that an assassin movie? You know, and then you're like, um, Oh, I guess it is, you know? So <laughs> right on. Um, so, um, I guess I can go into my next one, which I, th- it makes an honorable mention, even though I love it because I think it's a major cheat. And, uh, that's cause I went with Deadpool two, where, Deadpool, we all know that he's an assassin, you know, he's a mercenary, um, at least and in the movie universe, at least where he he starts out that way. But the second movie, I think, is just a straight up superhero movie when it comes down to it. I don't really think it focuses a lot on, um, you know, Wade Wilson as the um, hired gun, if you will, that he is. So that's kind of why it makes my honorable mention, even though when it comes to characters who are uh, are assassins, this movie is one of my favorite movies about an assassin, but it just didn't have that assassin feel, you know, for me. So. Sure. No, I hear you. I totally understand. Like it, I tried my hardest to stay away from uh, comic book movies. Um, right. 
because when I like when Black Widow came up, I was like, well, I mean, I see why it's on the list of assassin movies, but it's not really a, an assassin movie, you know, like see, the realm of what I was thinking. So Black Widow, I didn't even think of, and I kind of wish I did, but at the same time, it feels more espionage. Yeah. As opposed to assassin, but I guess it it is technically an assassin movie. So yeah, I mean I, it, that's you can argue it either way. Espionage was a little bit more what I was thinking. Anyway, um, my second honorable mention is uh, the movie Shooter. Uh, did you ever see this? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This uh, is a Mark, awesome movie. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg is uh he's a sniper that gets you know brought in as a consultant to say you know this is how I would have killed the president if uh you had to if you were gonna get if you were gonna shoot the president for this speech like whatever because he's like the Secret Service wants to know so they know what to look for, um, and then they frame him, like yeah you know the president does get shot but they're framing him because he told them how to do the whole thing, um. That was just nuts. It's a really cool mystery thing. Um, he's not the assassin, clearly, but um, he's made to look like it, and it kind of goes like it's a fun movie. I I really really enjoyed Shooter, and uh, it it was one of those movies that really surprised me um, in terms of how good it was. So yeah, absolutely. This one is kind of like we kind of matched in a weird way, but we didn't. This is the one movie that I was thinking about having as on, as an honorable mention that I didn't include. But that's kind of just because um, it's again, it's just me giving me weird myself weird <laughs> limits on my list where I was like, well, shooter, it is about an assassination. But I feel like uh, it's also kind of more akin to like something like the fugitive or something like that. And that's kind of why I didn't put it in my list, but it totally could have counted. So we almost matched for this honorable mention, honorable mention, sure. funnily enough. Sure. Um, what, um, then what's your first actual pick of the night, man? Yeah. My first one could be pretty quick. Um, and I kind of, again, like giving myself crazy limits. I almost don't feel like this one completely counts, but uh, I actually went with the Terminator, <laughs> which you just mentioned, um, which it totally does count. Like the ter- the Terminator sent back in time to kill uh, Sarah C- uh, Connor. So he's like an assassin. And then you have Kyle Reese, who's trying to kill the Terminator. And it's kind of this crazy assassin back and forth game throughout the whole movie but at the same time it doesn't feel like your classic scenario where it's like this assassin character is sent to kill someone else you know what i mean so this one was like it felt like it shouldn't make my list but it totally does when it comes to my favorite assassin movies you know what i mean sure um yeah i totally hear you and that's that's funny i just didn't think of it as an assassin film when i first uh saw it on the on the google search, absolutely hey it is and uh i mean overall terminator is good i like terminator 2 way better um again right assassin film but um yeah but terminator 2 like that almost made my list but i felt like terminator 2 in that movie arnold plays more of a protector almost than a killer and i felt like it was just like one assassin short of the first Terminator movie. Sure. So that's why it didn't make my final list, if that makes One sense. One assassin short. That's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Um, all right. So my first pick of the night, which is going to be a quick one, is uh, Kill Bill. Awesome. Oh. We definitely matched on this we one. We did. Okay. I mean, you probably knew we were going to. So well, I wasn't sure. Um, and, you know, that's the thing I actually thought when I wrote it down. I'm like, I wonder if 
Peter remembered that the Kill Bill is not just an assassin movie, but like every character in the movie is an assassin. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, it's basically just a team of assassins running around, uh, you know, trying to kill each other. And um, it's it's we've talked tons about this movie. But one of the things I wanted to point out is, yes, every character in the movie is an assassin. And I love that they have like it's a group like as a group, they're all named after snakes. So you have like Copperhead and Black Mamba and you know what I yeah, mean? Absolutely. Like, they have, like they're all like these different snakes. Um because Bill is the snake charmer, so he gets all his assassins to go do the hits and stuff. Um, I just really like that aspect of it. It made this, it kind of had that, uh, I don't know if I want to say group team dynamic, but it made, it get, it just added to like the theme of code names and stuff that I really enjoyed. So, Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's what I mean. We've talked so much about this movie. It's hard to know where to go. But talking about that sort of group assassin dynamic and the fact that they do have the they all have different snake names and it really kind of builds in this really cool lore that's fun to live vicariously through while you watch the movie, you know, thinking about like this is just a badass group of, you know, assassins. And like if I was in this group, who would I be and stuff? And it's just a it's just a fun movie. It's awesome. Visually, it's amazing. I mean, we've talked about this movie so much, but uh, yeah. yeah, when it comes to a list of assassin movies, like this definitely comes near the top. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I hear you. Well, I guess that throws it back to me, doesn't it? Yeah. All right. So my next one is John Wick. Um, OK, cool. I guess it could roll in and saying the whole John Wick franchise, but John Wick, um, this is here's the thing. I've. I feel like everyone's seen John Wick at this point. Um, but who better than to have like a assassin for the mob being the target of an assassination and everyone suddenly after him, but he's fighting for his life because someone killed his dog. And it just, it's just non, it's just like every fight scene is just, it's nonstop crazy gun fight scene battle stuff. It's, it's awesome. John, John Wick <laughs> just kicks everybody's ass. He's fantastic. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. I no, it's, what I almost don't know what to say because like how much fun that movie is to watch. <laughs> I think know? that's what it is. It's so fun and it's such a relatable plot that everybody's just like, I would do the same thing if somebody killed my dog, but then it's just paired with the amazing action throughout the whole film. Um this is one that uh I kind of want to rewatch cuz I haven't seen for a while, but I've also actually never watched the John Wick sequels. I don't know if you have, but I kind of feel like I want to spend a weekend and just watch that whole series. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I've that'd be one to be kind of fun to watch back to back. I just I never saw the third one. Parabellum, okay. Parabellum, I think is what it's called. Yeah, I never watched the third one. Um, but I wonder how ridiculous they get at the same time, you know? <laughs> right. <on. laughs> um, just saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I the the movie really like because I was like with it and then I saw the um I was with it and then the first fight scene happened and it was suddenly like whoa like my brain <laughs> it was a whole nother level of like holy cow that's amazing so yeah um, absolutely just how, just how fast it was like the the single pulls of the trigger just pop 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 guys are dropping like yeah <laughs> anyway. What um what's your next pick of the night? Yeah, my next one is probably uh it's definitely close to one of my most goofy picks. It's a movie I've talked about before, but I went with uh Ninja Assassin. 
And this is one that I guess objectively I was expecting you to have this on your list. Oh, that's funny. Well, this is this is the thing is like assassin. (laughs) Well, this is the thing is I don't know if like objectively I think this is that great of a movie, but this just comes into me not knowing if I've seen enough assassin movies to round out my list, but I do genuinely like this film. And admittedly, a lot of it is really just based on the aesthetics of the film. Like I love the crazy action scenes. I love how fast and how ridiculous they feel and how some, some of the action parts feel so unexpected. I love the sort of slow-mo parts where it's like one of the ninja characters running down the hallway and um, just cleaving through other characters and the blood splatters. And it it just all looks really awesome in that sort of uh, 300 sort of way. Like, I feel like this movie was influenced a lot by 300, but um, I don't know. I think when it comes down to it, I do really enjoy the ninja storyline. Like, I think it's a pretty basic storyline, but it is a pretty fun story about like this ninja character who has been exiled from the ninja assassin clan that he was a part of and then eventually he has to come back and take revenge and stuff it's just a fun classic story um but yeah i don't really know where i was gonna go i think when it comes to this movie all of the ninja stuff is really awesome and then there's the law enforcement side where there's the police characters who are like investigating like what's going on with all these ninja killings and i hate the law enforcement side of these this movie like all of those characters suck but all the ninja stuff is really awesome so, <laughs> so that's kind of where i sit on this one um that's that's funny i i haven't seen ninja assassin in a really long time so i yeah. don't i don't have the best memory of it so i apologize for that but <laughs> oh i watched it on like a weekly basis oh do you i mean that makes <laughs> no sense. no I, i'm i'm actually totally joking i haven't watched this in a while either <laughs> yeah it's your comfort movie i know um <laughs> well hey uh all right so my next one tonight is smoking aces um, have i seen this i might have seen this one um is this know. the elvis I, movie the elvis movie Oh, never mind. I'm thinking of uh, 3,000 Miles to Graceland or whatever that movie is oh, called. Oh, yeah, 3,000 Miles to Graceland. No, this is um, this is a movie about um, a mob boss's kid is being held up in a hotel. He's in Vegas hanging out in a hotel, just kind of partying or whatever. And the mob boss, because he's dying and needs a heart transplant. It was a heart transplant? Yeah, it's a heart transplant puts a hit out on his kid's life so he could get his kid's heart to stay alive. And, um, but he puts a hit out and the bounty is so high. Every like assassin, like every like known assassin shows up at the hotel at the same time to try and kill this guy. (laughs) Um, nice. So the, uh, the, the mob boss's kid is played by Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Piven. You got Ryan Reynolds, Matthew Fox, um, uh, not Alec Baldwin. I want to say um, uh, Ray Garcia, Liotta. Ray Liotta. Um, I'm just looking yeah, at uh, like it's a it's a it's it. a huge cast, dude. Um, Aaliyah's in it. Um, uh, yeah, dude. Uh, Chris Pine's in it. Ben Affleck's in it. Jeremy. Um, sorry. Uh, man, what's that guy's name? I'm totally drawing a blank on him. 
Jason Bateman, he's in it. Um, like it's a huge cast, but it's crazy in terms of how everything, like it's all pieced together and then they all show up and like the crazy shootout that happens and it, it's awesome. And then you got the one like girl assassin who's across the street with a 50 caliber sniper rifle. <laughs> <laughs> sniper wolf. <laughs> Just blasting holes in the building because like her partner's going in and being like, her partner's going to go in and be the guy on the ground while she's going to, like, cover with a sniper rifle from across the street. Yeah. And she's, like, she's just blowing holes in the building. So, they're, like, running through and, like, these these 50 caliber bullets are just, like, ripping people apart. <laughs> like, it's absolutely insane. Um, but, yeah. No, I'm, I'm looking at pictures of this. I haven't seen this movie, but I'm looking at pictures of this online right now. And I think... I mean, I'm seeing pictures of, like, uh, just a lot of crazy action. I'm seeing weird mohawk dudes and uh, Chris Pine with a grill for some reason. And I don't know, this movie looks bonkers and kind (laughs) of comic booky, actually. Like, I think I want to watch this. This looks cool. Um, Yeah, you definitely need to watch this movie. This is a highly recommend if you just want to have a really fun time. Um, Awesome. Yeah, if you just want a really fun time, this movie is great. Um, so yeah, smoking aces. Uh, that's why I picked that one. So yeah, awesome. All right, what do you got? Okay, for my next pick, um, I'm kind of curious if we've matched for this one, Drew. But I went with uh, Leon the Professional. Uh, no, we did not. Okay, you've seen this, right? I'm sure you have. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> no, you don't understand. This is one of those times. Remember how you had that moment where you changed your list on the spot? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say we matched on this one. Go ahead. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. I'm okay, gonna I'm gonna expect... I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a pick specifically for this movie. Go ahead. We matched. Well, now you're gonna have to explain which one you don't match with, but. Uh... This was actually one of the first movies I thought of when it comes to assassin movies. And it really it's this movie that comes down to I can't remember the main actor's name, but you have this uh, this guy who's a who's an assassin who lives in this apartment building. And um, Natalie Portman is in this movie and this movie came out in like, I feel like the mid or early 90s or something. So Natalie Portman Portman should have gotten an Oscar for this movie. Like this is this is like one of her first. This is like Natalie Portman's like groundbreaking first role too. like this is. Yeah. Yeah. This is Natalie Portman at like the age of 12. Like she should have won an Oscar for this. Uh, That's what I was going to say is she like she she's like 11 or 12. And it's one of these situations where her parents um, I can't I feel like they were involved in like a bad drug deal or they owed some people money or something but her her parents end up dying and she has to seek refuge with this uh assassin guy who lives in her same apartment building and it's kind of just the story of him kind of becoming her protector and um having to take out like the people who you know were after natalie portman's parents and stuff and it ends up being Yes, it's an assassin movie. Yes, it has like awesome action and stuff, but it actually becomes a movie about this uh, this guy's relationship with uh, this little girl who he kind of ends up being becoming a father figure for. And even though everything around them is so messed up, like it's kind of a weird heartwarming story in that way. And uh, this is just to me, I feel like in the realm of assassin movies, this movie's kind of a classic and it's kind of one of those it's not a movie people talk a lot about, and I feel like it's because it's a little bit older, but 
I just remember, I think I first saw this movie when I was in college and I just thought it was awesome. Like it was just one of those sort of things where I've never heard of this movie, but I saw it and I, I love it. You know, it's almost like a best kept secret sort of situation, yeah. if you will. So yeah, I really uh, feel that. I really feel that way too. And it's that, that's the thing. Like when I, the first time I saw it, it was the same thing. It just felt like a best kept secret. That's a really, really beautiful way of saying it. But like I said, Natalie Portman should have gotten an Oscar for this. Gary Oldman should have gotten a uh, Oscar for this. Oh, right. Yeah. He's in this too. Right. It's just everybody. This, this is one of those like top notch movies that you're just like, you're, you don't know about it and then you watch it and then you're just like just blown away by the movie. Like, I don't think there's nothing anyone can say bad about this movie. Like, it's just, Absolutely. It's so good. <laughs> and that's the thing is like, and I don't know why this movie like completely missed the boat when I was like trying to put this all together. But this should have been like one of the first things that came into mind when I was putting together my list. The movie that I. Oh, sorry. I was going to just kind of like I just looked it up. The main actor in this movie who plays Leon is uh, uh, I think it's Jean Reno um, because he's a French actor. And he's one of those people that if you look him up, he you've definitely seen him in a million other things. He's kind of just one of those character actors that you see all over the place, but you don't necessarily know his name. But uh, he's really great. But uh, Drew, yeah. What did this replace on your list? This, This bumped gross point blank off my list um wow yeah i <laughs> um are you are you sure about that though yeah i am um okay. i you know what i absolutely love gross point blank so it's kind of making an alternate honorable mention here but um that's that's a phenomenal uh movie about a hitman that uh every everybody needs to see um but well, I, I know i know you love gross point blank that's why i'm surprised but uh yeah. no that's, that's when i realized hard. i was like shoot i need to like either rework my whole list or bump my next pick so <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah we're bumping gross point blank so sorry um all right so what uh so i guess it goes this is actually throws back to you yep Right. And um, so rounding out my list would probably probably be pretty easy because it harkens back. (laughs) No, no, it harkens back to my honorable mentions um, because I'm going to go with uh, Deadpool, the first Deadpool movie, which is um, when I think of assassin movies, this is the first one I think of. I feel like it's probably a pretty cliche pick, but I love this movie from top to bottom. It's hilarious. It has awesome action. Um, it definitely fits the bill. Like this movie is about an assassin who kind of goes through this tragic story that ends up giving him superpowers and kind of his um, his his uh, tale of revenge from there. And uh, this is just a classic movie. And I've heard people say like, you know, the humor in Deadpool doesn't really age too well. And I've heard different criticisms like that. But to me, <laughs> I just don't care. I just think this movie's great. <laughs> like, I'm going to probably love this movie till the day I die. So I don't have too much else to say about it. Just Deadpool's awesome. So that's my um, final pick. You know what? As much as people have talked about Deadpool, I'm going to agree and just say Deadpool's awesome because I know we'll be talking <laughs> about Deadpool more as he eventually, like, makes his way into the MCU. And here we are, you know? <laughs> so, Absolutely. Um, all right. So my final pick of the night is a movie called Mr. Right. Uh, do you know what this is? Have you ever seen this, heard of it? I don't know. Um, I don't think so. All right. So this this is awesome. This is Sam Rockwell plays a hitman or assassin that doesn't like he doesn't want to be a hitman anymore. So he has basically decided 
anyone who tries to get me to kill someone, I'm going to kill that person. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so he's on this like he's on his like quest to like rid the world of bad people. So if someone wants someone dead, he just kills them. Um, and he uh, he's being hunted down by Tim Roth, who is like an FBI agent trying to find him. So there's a little mm. bit of song and dance of trying to like get this guy. Um, but Sam Rockwell meets Anna Kendrick. Uh, like on like a meet cute kind of a moment and they have like a connection and they like kind of fall for each other. So they go out on a date. And it's really great because Sam Rockwell never lies to Anna Kendrick. He never tells her one lie. He'll make he'll make a comment like he went to the bathroom, like they were at a restaurant and he goes to the bathroom and he has to deal with a guy and kill him in the hallway and stuff like that or out in the alley. And she's like, what's up so long? He's like, oh, I had to kill a guy in the alley. And she just kind of laughs and they go back about their date. It's always little stuff like that, but she never takes it seriously. So then later when she finds out he's a man, <laughs> she's like, you've been lying to me the whole time. He's like, actually, no, I've never lied to you once. <laughs> um, That's hilarious. Um, but the movie also starts with this great bit where these little kids, it's awesome. It's probably one of the coolest openings. These little kids are like, I want to be an astronaut when I grow up and I want to be a firefighter when I grow up. And when I want to grow up, I want to be a policeman. When I grow up, I want to be... I want to play for the Bulls or when I grow up, I want to be a professional golf player, you know, whatever. And then they cut to this little girl and she goes, when I grow up, I'm going to be a T-Rex. And she like roars at the camera. Um, <laughs> that little girl, that little girl becomes uh, Anna Kendrick. And mm -hmm. it's so great because she gets sucked into this world of um, assassins and violence and, you know, stuff like that. And she kind of embraces it. And then mm -hmm. the big shootout that happens near the end of the movie, she's eventually like she kills a guy and she's like, I'm a T-Rex mother effer. Like, it's it's <laughs> awesome. Like, <laughs> it just nice. Swing. The movie is so much fun to watch. It's really funny, but it's really charming at the same time. The violence and the fight scenes are epic on this, like, amazing scale. Um, I highly, highly recommend it. I believe it's on HBO Max. It's not, I saw it on one of the streaming services when I was just browsing, but I think it's HBO Max. But if you get a yeah, cheap, I've seen it somewhere as well. Seriously, watch this movie. It'll it's it's gonna shock you how good this thing is. So yeah, nice. It's kind of I feel like your description. It sounded like it might be more of a lighthearted movie than I was expecting, but then hearing about the action scenes and, and stuff, not. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, it that is sounds pretty not. cool. And it's <laughs> it's it's really funny. It's violent. It's gory makes you feel really good about yourself. You're going to be laughing through the whole thing, but you're going to be with the characters. You're going to fall in love with the characters pretty well, pretty quick. It's awesome. So nice. Yeah. Anyway, that kind of brings us to the end of the list for the week. Um, what, uh, what are we doing next week, dude? It's your pick. Yes. I have a really obnoxious list that you're going to either love or you're going to hate. <laughs> so I don't know why I've been thinking about this for a couple of weeks. And I really wanted to do this list, but I was trying to figure out the best way to approach it. And when I say it, it's not that description's not going to make sense. <laughs> but I think it'd be fun to do our top five movie end credit songs. <laughs> so when you think of a movie, when you watch a movie well, <laughs> and there's that profound scene at the end and then it's punctuated, you know, the screen goes to black and the scene is punctuated with that either perfect or not so perfect end credit song. Which ones are your favorites? And that's kind of what I wanted to go with. So, Messed up. yeah, it's a weird this list, but I think it it's fun. It comes down to what end credit songs do I remember? 
And I say right. that because it's going to, there's probably like maybe five that I remember. And I'm going to go, oh yeah, that was a good <laughs> end credit. <laughs> and absolutely. But I don't know if this is a list that when you start looking into it, you might remember more than you realize. But I was really thinking about this topic because I was thinking about like the song, uh, is it Kissed by a Rose, the Seal song from yeah. Batman Forever, which may or may not come up on our list next week. You'll have to listen to find out. But I was thinking about that song and I was trying to think of songs. There's a lot of movies, especially older movies, where there'd be a specific like radio rock or like radio pop song associated with the movie. And I wanted to talk about that subject, like songs associated with movies and it wasn't until I realized like oh I'll just go and credit songs and that's what will that's a pretty concise way to put to describe the list I guess so yeah I hear yeah you. Um, <laughs> um yeah so this is going to be an interesting list to try and piece together because I got to do some real research on this one <laughs> so I don't know a lot of times those first five ones you think of end up being your list though at least for me so um, that's a good point. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm like racking my brain already. Uh, that's okay. I got a week. I got a week to think about it. Um, Absolutely. All right, man. Well, everybody, do us a favor and uh, check out our website, top5report.com. You'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. You can hit us up there. E uh, social media, either way works. Um. We are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Uh, you can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you'll not miss a single episode. Um, if uh, we we love for you to leave us reviews, we really like those five star ratings. Um, but we also understand uh, criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew three nine two seven. Peter, what about you? Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, at Ninja Pierre. And that's where I'll be asking, have you ever been so pumped that you want to completely flip out? I mean, like, really, really flip out? Do you want to know what gets me pumped? Ninjas. Ninjas are so sweet, I want to crap my pants. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right. Well, everybody, on that note, uh, let's, throw <laughs> let's throw this episode into the can. Um, we hope you all have a great night and for the top five report, I'm Drew, I'm Peter, and thanks for listening. We will see you next week. <laughs>